thank you so much. Should I call you Frankie or Francesca? Frankie's great. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I've had all sorts. Um, my business started and I had the hashtag Frankie, I love your balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah t- so tell me about this. So I'm intrigued with health, fitness, and I, I love learning new things about health and wellness. So I saw your profile um, and I wasn't yeah. sure like if you're a carnivore or you're animal based or anything like that. So what are these balls that you're talking about? <laughs> so they were the very start of my journey. So um, I've always been interested in nutrition and food, just love making yummy food. And I've got two children. Um, my career before nutrition started with children as well. So I was um, teaching in schools and um, in education for about 13 years and managed nursery schools, so really tiny ones. And then just before I kind of made the leap into doing nutrition, I was working in a school for boys with special needs, um, ranging from quite severe ADHD and autism to just all kinds of behavioural issues. Um, And there, you know, I saw a lot of um, interesting connections between the food we eat and the the effect it can have on, you know, mental health and physical health from way early on with children specifically. Mm. Um, but that was really compounded when I started working with boys with uh, special needs because, um, well, my I was always reading in the background, so I was just a bit of a bookworm. And once you find something you really love, you just, I don't know about you, but you just kind of just, get hungry for it so I was reading everything and listening to um like YouTube and podcasts every single day you find the people that you love to follow the most and I was doing that so I've constantly had people like just talking about nutrition in the car and um I started a short diploma course and kind of I was on on the quiet having these little conversations with parents that I've I probably shouldn't have at the time, but <laughs> I was just sort of saying, have you tried this and that? And and some of them really, really took my advice on board. And um, two parents in particular went completely cold turkey with sugar and gluten and um, kind of the top tips that I go in with still now. They, you know, they detox their kitchens because I've always said, And that's where my business name came from, the kitchen detox. Um, If you clear out your kitchen space and you detox, you know, the environment that you're living in, you just set yourself up for so much more success. And, um, you know, there's a massive big picture to that. You don't have to just consider food. But, yeah, these these parents implemented a few things, the big one being refined sugar. And there was just amazing changes, like huge. These boys that went from like assaulting staff, smashing windows, not being able to even sit down for more than 10 minutes to reciting spellings and, you know, sitting through whole lessons um, and, you know, having conversations, which changed their lives. You know, it was incredible to see that sort of thing happen. So, yeah um and there was a whole kind of quite difficult story behind my ending you know my career ending in 
education the school I was in was academized and they just wanted to get their own staff in and it was really it was really distressing for the boys and um yeah it was really sad for me because I'd watched so many of them progress and then um but in turn I it was kind of positive I took the leap of faith into nutrition and um you know the the kitchen detox was born and my my you know my love for it just grew and grew and grew um and yeah I've had my own interesting kind of health journey as well I've got a partially formed thyroid so Mm. um you've got this gland in your neck that's really really important it's like the driver for so many things within the body and um I've got half half of mine so I've got half of the butterfly in my neck and I've got some ectopic tissue that kind of floats around and makes it a little bit difficult to (laughs) work out but um yeah it's it's really taught me loads again with how to help other people um and yeah yeah so that's a that's a kind of little short (laughs) short snippet of how I've evolved yeah that's very inspirational and listening to you talk uh, it reminded me of a conversation that I had with Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride. I think that's her name. Are you familiar with her work? The GAPS diet? No, no. Oh, I man. always love hearing about new oh, people. Okay. So I, yeah. I just, um, I read this book by Jane Buxton and it's called, uh, the greatest plant based con. Um, right. and I'm actually speaking with her next week. And in that book, I like reached out to every person that she listed in the book. And one of those people were, was Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride. I think I'm saying the name right. And that's, yes, yeah, it's a long name, but yeah. Yeah, you won't forget it. <laughs> she, she promotes this uh, thing called the GAPS diet and it's a acronym. I'll, but I'll butcher it. If I try to, it's a gut and it's kind of a two part acronym. It's gut and psychology syndrome and gut and, Fizz, I, I don't know. It, it, there's two meanings to it, but she promotes like this healthy way of eating. And the big, and one of the big things that she talked about on the podcast was, um, her kid. And I think her, her son or something was autistic and that's what got her on the journey. I think she's formerly like a brain surgeon or something crazy like that. And it got her on, uh, this path of trying to, um, help her, her child without, medicating him or her and it was like the number one thing was cutting sugar out which is wild right that's uh, that's but it's so hard to do that as a parent because it's so easy to give in to what your kid wants and you know kind of make them shut up a little bit and give them sugar so yeah and and our whole world is just filled with it's just only got worse hasn't it you know I think back to when I was a, a kid and it was like I think I got a sweetie day on a Saturday. It's like my children, my, my, my parents would let me go on a Saturday to what was called like the village tuck shop. And mm. it was 20p and you could just come out with this sack of sweets. Um, but it was one day and one day only. And, and that was, it was easy to stick to because, you know, I just knew that I could go to the tuck shop on a Saturday, you know, take a little bit of pocket money And the rest of the week, I just accepted there wouldn't, you know, it was whole foods, home cooking. And there wasn't, I think it was just kind of starting to creep in these brightly colored adverts and the real push for sugar. Um, 
but my it was like the fat free 80s that was the thing that was really killing everyone as well so um yeah but so yeah I think that's it's just got worse and worse in terms of sugar is just in everything isn't it every single thing that you pick up in the supermarket has got sugar um top you know in the top three ingredients so that's why I'm my big push at the moment is to just try and get as many people to shop outside of the supermarkets and support local farmers and their local farm shops and butchers and all these amazing places that are doing things properly Mm. um and and putting your finances you know in with the people that are doing it right instead of these massive corporations that are just robbing us of our health so yeah yeah what's what's the landscape look like where you're at is are there a lot of farmers markets like here in texas um you know the big urban cities you know like like houston or dallas or um or austin there's actually quite a bit of farmers markets because the towns outside of these big cities have local farmers is that similar to where you're yeah. at too? yeah so there's i mean there's just fields around me and i'm yeah i'm a total country bumpkin kind of <laughs> grew up in wellies and climbing trees and there's just yeah there's fields all around i'm in a little um village in west sussex in england and um yeah there's loads of farms and i'm very lucky to be in the countryside and yeah and i've met you know doing this i've met so many lovely people who have got exactly the same mindset you know that we should be shopping local and supporting these these farmers and um i was trying i i actually i follow a couple of guys who i think they're called the they've got another podcast actually the meat mafia podcast oh yeah 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 and they were trying to educate people on um the questions to ask because i think that's really important as well people go and they're thinking well you know is this meat okay just because i'm buying it outside of the supermarket does that automatically mean it's okay or should i be asking about you know if the animal's grass fed or how you know how many questions do i ask and they put out really good information just bullet pointed sort of eight or nine questions that you could ask your ask your local butcher and um i think you can be confident if you're not shopping in the supermarket that you're you're still doing you're you're getting better quality absolutely um, but yeah do yeah. you follow uh rome ranch or forces of nature um no i've got uh-huh. i've got a few like uk farmers i'm okay. looking for someone actually that i can do um one sort of a live on instagram about farm to table sort of accessing good meat and supporting restorative agriculture and oh. yeah getting, getting that information out there but um I've, no no I'll... i don't are they are they in the u.s yeah yeah, they're based in the U.S. Um, and I don't. I, I think they ship their their meat. And I've talked about them just about like on every podcast. I'm kind of like a big fanboy. But I talked to um, the guy that runs it. His name's Taylor Collins, and uh, I spoke to him on the podcast last year. And he operates a regenerative ranch uh, where he raises bison. Um, there's a, a bunch of animals. He has pigs, chickens, and everything. But it's kind of the main shtick is bison that he raises on his ranch. 
and they sell their meat. He teams up with other regenerative farmers uh, from around the country and they sell uh, meat and the company is called Forces of Nature Meat. And it's it's really awesome what they do and how they operate. Um, they do these big community events where they bring people out on their farm they, uh, where they, uh, they butcher a, a bison and they show them how to take the life and how to clean it. And they're educating the community, um, people that wouldn't have access to a farm or ranch around them. So it's pretty special. And I think there's more awareness, like people like yourself that are talking about this stuff on social media. I think it's waking people up and wanting to ask these questions about where's my meat coming from? What kind of antibiotics are in my meat? And so I think it's people like you that are kind of you know, waking, uh, you know, the population up to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's how far can you go as well? I love that they're doing that and teaching people, you know, to really connect with where their food is coming from. And, um, I would actually love to learn. I would love to learn how to hunt and, you know, go through the process completely from start to start to finish. I think that is, you know, those are skills that more people should have. Um, and I'm not saying that everyone should get out there and learn how to hunt, but um, I think it's really important sort of connecting with with that process and, yeah. and finding out where your food really does come from. Because I think you have a completely different mindset when you just look at a pack of meat on a supermarket shelf or, you know, anywhere, anywhere that you're buying from. You you think about it in a completely different way. I think there's such a disconnect, isn't there, from, mm. you know, what what that actual process is, um, getting your food from nature and, and hunting. And I think I would be interested to see how people feel if they kind of were able to access meat that was local to them, you know, in the wildlife around them as well. I think there's so so much to be said about seasonal eating but um i think that you could really think about that with with meats as well with the animals that you that you consume um, no so, but I... I again i think you have to you have to look at it sensibly and think about finances and all of these things and anybody that comes to see me for a consultation i i want it to be a plan that can be sustainable for forever you know a, a lifestyle change for their whole family that works financially you know with their goals with their family dynamics everything so so yeah no, that's that's awesome and it's very inspirational so when people come to you what what are some of the services that you offer and and how do you help and what does the few first uh, consultations look like so uh it's usually via zoom i do offer a you know in anyone for anyone that's local to me I can do an in-person um day sort of home visit and um I did used to do more of those where I would just I would literally take people shopping mm. um and get really you know down to the nitty-gritty and go through the kitchen cupboards go through the kitchen detox process with them um, but I talk about everything. So every aspect of your life that, you know, as, as comfortable as you are to talk about every aspect. Um, but I'll go through your, your nutrition, sort of existing health, 
um, and how we can support you nutritionally. But also we'll look at um, environmental toxins, movements, um, you know, all of the things that you use on a daily basis, things that people don't necessarily think about. So shampoos and conditioners, you know, the laundry detergents, washing up liquids, all of these things, the plastics that we use. If you're drinking out of takeaway coffee cups and, you know, you've got the plastic lid, Mm. um, I try and teach people not to take um, receipt papers. If people are offering them a receipt, just say no. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, and we discuss how to optimise each area of your life. So sleep, um, hormones, bowel movements, energy levels, all of these things, um, I kind of hone in on and look under a magnifying glass, so to speak, and try and get everything in alignment because it's like a big puzzle. If you've got one part that isn't quite working properly, it can throw so many different things out. And I say your body's like an orchestra. It needs to kind of work in harmony we're like one big feedback system so you can kind of get everything else right but sleep isn't working for instance and then you know that can throw everything off and if you're trying to heal it can really slow the process down so yeah it's uh it's an (laughs) all-encompassing thing that I try and do for people it's not just uh right let's have a look at your food oh well, that's a shame it didn't work. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, because I think people can get really quickly disheartened as well. It's, you can kind of, people have, you, I see people that have been suffering for so long with really, really severe conditions and they hold out all their hope. <laughs> and then, you know, when they don't feel better after, say, three or four weeks, it's it's almost like another kick to the stomach because they just get the confidence goes and everything but I have to keep encouraging people that you know your body took a long time to get sick equally it it might just take quite a long time to get well and it's getting all of those pieces to the puzzle that I just talked about in place um before things really start to shift and um I do really really believe in the power of a carnival diet um I think that's where I think I see things moving the quickest Mm. and um but there's so many tools that you can have in your toolbox nutritionally I think some people get very scared at the prospect of carnival especially when they've you know they've got young children and they think about is this going to be me cooking three different meals every night you know or if their partner or spouse isn't keen on the idea of doing it with them that can be another huge roadblock so I try and create something that is at the very least a ketogenic approach Mm. that can work for the whole family and not be something that is going to send someone's stress levels through the roof either um yeah so I'm I'm not dogmatic I think that is that can be quite dangerous and I I love the carnivore and keto community and I you find your tribe don't you, you kind yeah. of get in this little <laughs> groove and you have this little tribe around you on social media especially um but I think 
so many people just get sort of tunnel vision and it actually stops you being able to help as many people I think in the long run um, and we're all so different we don't know how how somebody's illness long-term illness in a lot of cases has changed the way your body is supposed to work mm. like we can say all these things these very sciencey you know and science is is incredible and human biology is amazing but some in some cases it just doesn't work the science doesn't work and somebody's body has been altered by disease and ill health in such a way that you can't bring it back with just carnivore or just keto you you need to just do a few things um here and there to tweak it and and make someone comfortable along the way too so yeah so is that what you practice in your daily life, you and your family? Are y'all 100% carnivore or are y'all, y'all? My children aren't 100% carnivore. They're definitely more keto. Okay. Um, my son was like, actually, my son's pretty carnivore, to be honest. He he was thrilled at the, <laughs> at the prospect of not being, a, you know, not being pushed vegetables or being told he had to have vegetables on his plate. For years, you know, throughout all my nutritional training, it was like, eat all the colours of the rainbow and you mm. must have this hugely diverse gut microbiome to thrive and live a long and healthy life. So for years, I was trying to get him to eat, you know, spinach and all these different colours of peppers. And yeah, <laughs> and he was just like, no. <laughs> um and so, yeah, he was thrilled. He still had some fruit and, again, try and make it seasonal. And, yeah, we – but I am I am carnival. I, I have found major improvements, particularly with my thyroid condition, um, have happened through, through eating a carnival diet. And I was keto for sort of seven years before, so it wasn't really – huge huge shift right um and i've always eaten lots of meat and eggs and love dairy um actually i realized that um poor quality dairy is is really bad so i just i really try and educate people on um the dairy as well as the meat you know try and get that because that's where all of the you know the truckloads of hormones and antibiotics and there was a study done not very long ago a few years ago that um honed in on what what was the most popular purchased bottle of milk um by families in the uk and it was the green top kind of semi-skimmed non-organic milk mm. um so they did a study on it just to see because dairy is touted as one of the top most um, I think it's in the top seven most allergenic foods as well. So they did this study to see what's actually going into the most popular purchase bottle of milk. And they found a whopping 400 different types of hormone and antibiotic and pesticide. And, you know, it was more medication and chemical than it was actual dairy. So you can see <laughs> what the, you know, the high prevalence of, 
um, allergies and things and intolerances to dairy, I would argue is actually coming from the quality of the dairy and, and what's going into it rather than the the dairy itself. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Do, do you think that the carnivore community could be captured the way the vegan movement was by large corporations and kind of stain what the community has worked for? That's yeah, that's kind of what I'm, that's what I'm sort of trying to allude to. I think when I'm talking about this dogmatic approach that people have and the kind of tunnel vision and the, it is, it is gaining traction for good reason because it really does work and people have found true healing, long-term healing through the use of carnivore. But at the same time, if it's kind of monetized and, and people get so stuck there, even in the same way that vegans kind of will lose their health and feel awful and still hold on to it because it's become their life and they cannot let go. And I, I think the same thing could happen to a certain degree within carnivore. I mean, you could never, ever get as ill. You could never get, you know, to, to that extent of ill health using a carnivore diet. So the danger is much more minimal, minimal when you're talking about carnivore as opposed to veganism, because, you know, I just, I'm of the belief that nobody can thrive on a vegan diet. Um, and, you know, that's, that's it. But yeah, I do think that it's hard. I, I watched, um, I watched somebody on YouTube the other day and I actually had to stop myself watching because I, you know, I, I say to people about cleaning up their lifestyle and I do say, you know, watch what you're scrolling through because that really can have an effect on you. And I, I was, I did the same thing. I, mm. <laughs> I was a kind of, um, victim of exactly what I tell people not to do. And I was scrolling through YouTube and I was watching this um guy, you've probably heard of him, um, Professor Bart K. Yeah. Um and I came off feeling really low. I was like, this has affected the whole the you know, how I feel about what I do. And that's not good. You know, it wasn't in a positive way at all. Um and I had to take a step back and I actually spoke to a friend of mine and she was like, you know, you have to realize that everybody on social media is essentially a salesman that is, you know, taking an angle in order to gain followers and traction and, you know, essentially make a sale. And I sat there and I actually was like so naive to this because that's never been what I want to do that you know, I, yes, I have to make a living and keep a roof over my children's head and, and put food on the table. But that is not what me being on social media is about. It's not making a quick buck. It's because I really care. And I watched Professor Bart K literally tear people apart for mm -hmm. their views. And I'll watch Paul Saladino get repeatedly like, clawn to pieces it's like you know literally he gets thrown in the lion's den sometimes yeah. and you just see people go to town on his character 
you know, the way he looks, it's it's horrible. And I just think if that is what the carnivore community is going to become, people saying, you can't do that, like you're going to kill yourself or, you know, or start talking about people's self-worth and their image because of a because of a belief system I think that's where it can get really damaging and again it's not taking into account these little nuances that can happen when someone has lived and with disease or um, you know or they've got just slight changes within their body and, and they need to adapt things um paul saladino has found that fruit works for him his girlfriend i think her name's uh is it the carnivore bay or the carnivore, something yeah, she's got another animal-based bay or something like that that's it yeah. yeah she's she's great as well they're both in great shape they feel good they're able to sh- i think a couple of times they've shared their lab results and everything looks good and it's like so why are we focusing in on that let's just celebrate when people find good health um and yeah i think there was another instance where i actually made a video and put it on my page because um someone i follow had basically taken an ice cream recipe from a a parent group so these were parents that were trying to um promote an animal based way of eating to their children and you know come up with recipe ideas and they were sharing with each other on you know tips and they've create created like a support system which mm. everybody needs when you're doing this um because it can you know changing your lifestyle is really hard so they came up with this recipe and it was like a carnival ice cream so it was using raw milk um but they'd added like um, a bit of raw honey and some cherries to the recipe. And so there's, this woman had taken this recipe, put it up, and they, she actually compared it to making a child into foie gras <laughs> because she said that this is a fast track to fatty liver disease. And <laughs> yes, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is caused by the combination of fats and sugar. But we're talking about seed oils here we're talking about the combination of highly processed chemically refined oils and and the same you know highly processed white sugar that has been combined into a highly palatable highly processed food and so these are the things that are causing non-alcoholic fatty liver disease not you know having a bit of raw honey along with your fatty meat or creating a carnival ice cream recipe for kids that is made with like raw cream and you know, a bit of raw honey and stuff um i just think why are we not celebrating these parents that are trying to do better and they're not choosing the hagen maltesers ice cream in the supermarket they're trying to make something with real food you know they should be applauded um so yeah, I I think that's where the danger lies. It's it's how people are becoming so negative and like this is the only way yeah. kind of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, Frankie, I I couldn't agree with you more. There's a reason why people are so turned off from the extreme 
uh, vegan community because if you try talking to them about climate change or how animals positively impact the climate, they shut you down so fast and there's no conversation. Yeah. And there's, so there's, yeah. they've picked up this persona and, and people just don't want to communicate with them. And over the last couple of months, you know, like you just, I just um, talked with Larie Keith. Uh, I, I don't know if I said her name right. Larie, Larie Keith. She's an author of a couple of. Oh, she's the vegan turned carnivore. Yeah. Is that the lady you've just interviewed? Yes. She was vegan for 20 years. And we actually just spoke yeah. about something similar uh, where, you know, people are just completely ripping to shreds carnivore MD because he eats um, fruit. And there's a portion of the carnivore community that's becoming the extreme vegan mindset as like, there's only one way to do things. And it reminds me of American politics. You're either on the right, you're either a Democrat or Republican. And if you're in the middle, you're, you're wrong. And you're, you're a weak person for being nuanced. And I was kind of going, I was kind of going down that trap. I've had a couple of like big name carnivores on the podcast and I was self-identifying as a carnivore and I had to pump the brakes a little bit. I was like, wait a minute, like something doesn't feel right about this. Like, I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to claim something that I don't know if I'm a hundred percent right. Sure. I feel great on the diet, but sometimes I want to eat some fucking ice cream. Like, and that doesn't make me a bad person, you know? <laughs> Sometimes I want some ice cream. No, 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 it certainly doesn't. Yeah, so it's... Yeah, and that's it. That's exactly what you've got to do is just take each day as it comes and celebrate the wins and make this something that you can do forever. Mm. Um, you know, and don't... I think that's so much of nutrition and finding your comfortable lifestyle is getting rid of that guilt as well there's so much guilt tied up with food and really the guilt should be on these you know these food manufacturers that have taken over our <laughs> taken over our food and created things that you know people have become addicted to that's mm. where the guilt should lie but we end up feeling guilty because we've become addicted and and then you know we change our diets and we start to do so well and then one day you know we might have friends over and they bring a cake around or they bring something because they think you know that's (laughs) that's normal it's like food is love and food is celebration so they might bring something to celebrate you don't want to be like you know I'm going to (laughs) bash the cake out of your hands (laughs) and you know I don't I don't like protein bars they make they they literally make me itch Mm. i see these guys in the gym with like huge protein shakes and bars and stuff and i i want to go and like bash it out of their hands (laughs) (laughs) but i wouldn't i wouldn't do that (laughs) i wouldn't do that does your (laughs) do your friends and family kind of think you're a little bizarre with the stuff that you're doing uh the journey that you're on especially when you started and you're you know you're talking about reducing your 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 plastic exposure and the environmental toxins what do your friends and family think do you think they're do you think they think that you're kind of crazy or you're kind of too much sometimes yeah my dad my dad particularly he's like um 
how do you say he was like a typical bachelor um growing up he was just like yeah a typical bachelor <laughs> <laughs> and it was beige food beige mm. food completely you know I think he knew how to cook maybe three things and it was pasta jacket potatoes and pie <laughs> and that would be it and he would be like it's traditional English grub but that was yeah you know he's he's set in his ways and <laughs> lots of people are but yeah they uh, most of my family think I'm absolutely nuts mm. and you know they are trapped in the food you know the um low fat cholesterol is bad um and no matter how much i put out there and how many different specialists i speak to or studies that i reference you know the fear is so strong the fear that the pharmaceutical industry and news reporters and you know the medical system have ingrained in people for so many years um I think most of my family have fallen victim to that, unfortunately, apart from my children. And my mum was completely different. My mum and dad separated when I was very young. Um, and my mum is most of the reason <laughs> that I I think my passion for nutrition kind of came alive, really. She, um, she was born in India and... She used to be very big with keeping environmental toxins out of the house. Um, she would always make her own cleaning products out of sort of vinegar and lemon juice and essential oils. And um, she became an aromatherapist. So she would be making like oil combinations to help me sleep. And if I had an exam period at school, she'd be like wafting things under <laughs> my nose. <laughs> um, and she would always be making food from scratch. It was just always home cooking. It was a lot of curries and like stuff from when she was growing up. She was obviously taught traditional Indian cooking. And yeah, so I had to had two very stark mm. contrasts and opposite ends of the spectrum when it came to my mum and dad and um, kind of living half of the week with both of them. But but yeah, I I'm very used to being the odd one out, and but I quite enjoy the process now. I I enjoy how being different and making different choices sparks conversation about it. And so a lot of my clients they'll be like, "Well, how do you eat out? How do you go to a restaurant?" And I'll be like, "I'll order two steaks and ask for butter." <laughs> <laughs> and that's it I'm more than happy to do that and you know and and that might ignite a conversation with the with the chef or even the waiter or the table next to me and I'm however many people that can be changed by my weirdness I'm I'm great with that <laughs> no that's that's great something that I am learning to adapt to is not projecting so much because you know I've through the podcast, I've been able to speak to some awesome people. I, I I host this podcast and then my buddy and I also have another podcast. So combined episodes, I've been able to talk to, you know, 160 amazing people. And a lot of it has been around health and nutrition. 
So yeah, that's right. by no means am I an expert. I just take what bits, bits and pieces everyone says, and I try to implement those in my life. And yeah. I think I can come off as kind of a projector of that. Like, oh, I think you, and then I get excited when I learn new information and I want to tell somebody like I, it's like a piece of gold and I'm like, Hey, this, or if something's working for me, I want to like take it and go show somebody like, Hey, this is working for me. You should try this too. And I'm yeah. trying, I'm trying to pump the brakes on that a little bit because I don't, I don't think it's serving me well. And I don't think it's serving my family well, especially when we get around the dinner table and I'm eating something and they make a comment and then I can make a comment about their, what they're eating. You know, it's so that's something that I'm working on is not being uh, judgmental towards other people, especially my family, my immediate family, like my, my wife, my kids, we're all on the same page, but it's my extended family, my mom and dad, kind of the common thing I hear is, well, I've been eating this way forever and I'm okay. Like that's yeah, kind of, that's yeah, kind of that's the, the big one. yeah, that's kind of the, the yeah. I'm going to die anyway. And I'm like, well, you got to live life. <laughs> and then those, those common things. And normally yeah. I would react to those things, but I'm going to try really hard from now on not to uh, respond to those conversations and only, you know, bring it up if it's, if they want to talk about it. So that's what yeah, I'm working on I think, now. I think it's great that you're excited and I've got that same, you know, fire inside of me that wants to just share and celebrate the wins and, you know, or the new information that I find out. I think it's just the, I think it's just the way you do it, isn't it? And yeah. you can with your loved ones be a bit kind of jokey and a brash. Have, have friendly banter and just <laughs> say, you know, that, you know, don't eat that crap. Right. But it's, yeah, it's learning the the way in which to do that with different characters and people outside your immediate family. I think, yeah, you definitely have to take a different approach on, with different people. And, um, yeah, it's, it's easier for me because, I think when people come and see me, they they're prepared mm. to a certain degree <laughs> for what they're about to embark on. Um, but yeah, you have to just wait for those little moments to interject with like little gems, you know, yeah. and yeah, half of this is just saving. You know, it's literally saving lives. It sounds dramatic, but I think the more people that can talk about this confidently and you know, lovingly at the same time, you're potentially adding years onto somebody's life if they choose to make a few changes. Um, so yeah, don't stop too much. <laughs> yeah. What was that first, uh, consultation like with your first person that was a, like, a, I guess a customer or a person that reached out to you that wasn't a friend or family, were you nervous and how did that go? It was, uh, do you know what? I, it was a friend. So yeah. actually one of my first consultations, the most memorable one was with my best friend. Wow. <laughs> um, and we've, we've actually um, kind of not grown apart, but we've, we live in different areas and we don't get to see each other as much. Um, so we can go for months and months and months without talking. And, and then when we see each other again, you know things reignite and that's often how it is with your best friends isn't it it's just mm. like you've never been apart but um yeah she was very much stuck in the same cycle of 
you know, she had her two children. Um, they'd kind of got underway the slight addiction to sugar and she didn't want that to grow. Um, and her husband had diverticulitis, so he would suffer a lot. Um, and she had put on weight after children and just wanted to, and she had this thing about not eating breakfast. So she would wait for ages um, and go through the whole fasting thing, trying to lose weight. And it's the typical kind of, you people first here, don't they? You've got to move more and eat less. Hmm. And that's another thing that can be so damaging for women. So, yeah. And it was wonderful actually having one of my first consultations be with my one of my oldest and dearest friends because the difference that it made in her life was amazing and I could just watch the journey from you know a a consultation beyond which I don't get to see with everybody so um you can I sometimes get like a really lovely review and then I won't see someone again or I might see someone three or four times and then they'll carry on with their lives because they're so confident with you know how things are going um but it's really nice I've just been able to see the huge picture of her nutritional evolution and her life kind of keep getting better so yeah yeah Good question, though. I've never been asked that one. Well, that's great. Well, Frankie, I I greatly appreciate your time. I think the the information that you're sharing across social media is really great. Uh, I think you're doing a great service to uh, everyone on the platform that comes in contact with you. So how can people get in touch with you? What's your your website and and, and social media accounts? So um, I actually, I work alongside a functional medicine doctor called Dr. Sam White, who is... um, He's very well known in the UK, He's quite controversial, <laughs> but um, but absolutely brilliant. And um, so we kind of work hand in hand. So if people need to access some testing or you know, get some bloods done, then he's he's there on hand and he will take the supplement, you know, take the angle on supplementation if that's necessary. And um, then I do the nutritional side of things. Um, I do touch on supplements too, but um, yeah, so uh, you can contact me and, and book a consultation via his website, which is um, drsamwhite.com. Um, you can also um, find me on my own, which is www.thekitchendetox.com. And then um, I've got my social media platforms, which I'm just on Instagram and Facebook. So yeah, you can find me there. And everything is on the uh, on my link tree on Instagram. So I'm trying to start building up, um, you know, offering a whole host of products that I think would be really useful to people. So some of my favorite products are now on my link tree. So people can book with me, they can look after their skin, (laughs) they can order some bone broth. um, and, And yeah, so head to my link tree. That's probably the best place to go. Yeah, I think we have a mutual friend. Um, man, uh, I don't know what her real name is, but I think she goes by Carnivore Fitness. Oh, Rachel. Yeah. Rachel. There yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah. She she does the tallow. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that is that's on my link tree. So um, you can get a discount for her tallow skin creams um, 
on on my link tree. She's incredible, she, and the products are amazing. Yeah, she she's a good follow. I enjoy reading her content as well. Yeah, she works for Dr. Sean Baker yeah. as well. So, yeah, she's a uh, she's got a load of carnival knowledge, and yeah, 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 it's always good to have all these connections, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah, yours yours will continue to grow. I'm sure with all the people that you're seeing, you'll. You'll be an expert within your own right <laughs> at the end of this, right? <laughs> well, I'm trying. It's it's fun, and it's, it's uh, you know just getting to talk to different people, learning different perspectives, and that's all I'm trying to do is just broaden my perspective on life and learn different things and uh, help, yeah. you know help spread spread the message of all the great work people are doing. So that's kind of the that's kind of the goal. Oh, well done. Well, thank you for having me on. I'm really honored to be part of it so i appreciate it frankie you have a good evening and uh i'll let you know when this comes out i'll shoot you all the links and stuff all right and you great to meet you yep. bye-bye